The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. The Lord bless you. I've carried out all of the Lord's instructions. What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears, Saul? What is this lowing of the cattle that I hear? The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. It's all enough! Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me. Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely, completely destroy these wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage raw against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you punks on the plunder and do the evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took the sheep and cattle from the plunder. The best of all was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. Saul, does the Lord not delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. Because guess what? For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's commands and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. But now I beg you, Forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. Samuel, wait! The Lord... (laughs) The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, and he is not a human being that he should change his mind. I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. Fine, I'll come back with you and worship but this may be the last time you see me. In Exodus, we learned of how the Amalekites attacked the Israelites from behind. 
In Deuteronomy, we see God said, you know what? I am going to blot out the Amalekites for their sins off the face of the earth. Now the time has come, and God has entrusted this feat to Saul and his army. In this episode, we are focusing on 1 Samuel chapter 15. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. And this week, we're back. We're back. Like we're back, back. <laughs> <laughs> we're back in person recording for the first time in like five months. Yeah. That's incredible. But through it all, God has been good. God has been faithful. Your delay is not your denial, as people say. Mm, I never like, heard that. You never heard that? Nope. <laughs> well, your delay is not your denial. We're like, and it goes with a couple of things we say in the podcast. I guess this will be our weekly reminder here, but um, weekly thought, whatever we're calling it. But um, yeah, man, because think about it. Like if God's timing is perfect and our timing is not, we want things to happen in our timing. And so, you know, you know the funny thing about it, like the same thing you'd be praying for, you want it right now, but God gives it to you maybe like two years later, for example. Mm. And you're like, Right, it still came. It might have been delayed, but it wasn't denied. Yep. And so it's like, it's still a blessing. Like it was blessing two years ago. It's a little bit less than the day, but it's like sometimes, I shouldn't even say it's like, the journey that you go through on the way to your blessing is more powerful than just getting the blessing. Because a lot of people want God to do things for them, but they don't want to be the person that they need to be in order to receive that blessing. Mm. And that's the thing that a lot of us Christians people in the world in general, but mostly as Christians, we need to take, in, take, in, take, take into consideration. We want the blessing, but sometimes God's like, can you even handle this blessing? You think you want it. You think you want it. But if I give this to you right now, this potentially will be a stumbling block for you. For you. Yeah. And I can't give it to you now because if I give it to you now, you're going to be mad at me later on down the line and you can't even see it yet. Consider what Joseph had to go through, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about this, the um, getting betrayed part, right? But Joseph had to be faithful in the um, in in Potiphar's house. You understand? He had to be, he had to prove to be a exceptional um, slave <laughs> in Potiphar's house, and then he also had to be an exceptional worker in the in the king's guard or mm-hmm. the prison in the prison as well. In order to gain that experience and that knowledge to be part ruler over Egypt, you see what I'm saying? So, like while he was while he was working at, at at the prison, he was he was going hard with no light to the end of the tunnel, bro. And, and a lot of people, you know, it's easy to work when you know when you could see progress. You see what mm. I'm saying? But these are the this this is the situation that Joseph had to go through just to be prepared to be such a powerful man. In Egypt, exactly. you see what I'm saying? So, but if someone, if someone had, um, if he was sitting around thinking about his dream all the time, he would have been like, God, you say out there was going to be bowing down to me, but here I am in prison. And he probably, this, these thoughts probably did run across his mind. But after it was all said and done, it makes perfect sense why Joseph had to go through certain lessons that he learned. I'm not saying that he wouldn't have learned these things had he not be, been sold in, into slavery, but you could see how. His time in Egypt before his uh, promotion prepared him for that promotion, you know? And even on that story, if, you, if we fast forward 400 years in the future, one of his, well, 
I guess, well, one of his family members' descendants, Moses, essentially went through the same thing. He was groomed to be in charge of Egypt, mm. even though he was an adopted son. He wanted to almost essentially start a, a Hebrew revolution, yep. kill the Egyptian and everything. But God was like, this ain't the time, and this is not the way it should happen. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So Moses ran, ran away, got exiled for a while, and God humbled, humbled his heart, literally took him on a journey in the desert, humbled his heart, made him a, almost a completely different human being. Then he said, okay, now you're at the point where you're still going to do what you wanted to do and rescue the Israelites, but you're going to do it in a completely different way. Mm. So now your blessing got delayed, but you weren't denied the blessing. Mm. And so it's all about, again, trusting God's timing, trusting God's will. And you said it, you said it best, having that faith. Because that faith, when you're going through that journey, when you're in the prison, when you're in the desert, when you're in your time of refuge, time of trouble, and you know a blessing is on the other side. And guess what? You might, you might not even know the blessing is on the other side, but you know you, you, you ask God for a certain thing and you can't see how it's manifesting itself. Just trust God and have faith. Just definitely trust God and have faith because... God knows what he's doing. And if you really believe that, you have to trust that it's going to work out for the best. It might not work out in your time. It might not work out the exact way you have it planned in your head. But God's going to work out something better than you can even imagine. Amen to that. <clears throat> so this week, we have... We're talking about Saul again. It's like... I can't even make it any better than that. <laughs> We're talking about Saul again. Last week we saw how Jonathan infiltrated exactly. the Philistines. Jonathan infiltrated. Saul made a foolish oath. He made mm. the people take a foolish oath. Jonathan was the one who betrayed it because the oath was made not even in his presence. So he didn't even really agree to this oath. Saul realized that they were essentially starting to lose. <laughs> and he was trying to figure out, like, no, God, like God didn't answer sacrifice. Yeah. And he was like, so what's happening? Someone had to break the oath. And they decided to cast lots since God wasn't answering the sacrifice. <laughs> and anyway, he found out it was Jonathan. And he essentially wanted to put Jonathan to death. But the people of Israel essentially saved Jonathan and told Saul, guess what? He's the reason why we won this battle. He's the one who has faith in God. We're not going to let you kill Jonathan. Yep, Saul was basically saying, as surely as God lives, I will kill him. And the Israelites was like, as surely as God lives, you, you will, will not. not kill him. <laughs> and so... They just had a stalemate, essentially. Yeah. And, and just to recap, like we've seen Saul been on, a, on his own downward spiral at this point. Like It reminds me of the book of, of Judges. When we, was, when we just saw the Israelites starting to go down and down, judge after judge after judge after judge. But the funny thing is, they wanted a king. <laughs> they really wanted a king, Kazi. They really wanted a king. And now that they have a king, their king is following the same cycle as before the time they had a king. In my opinion, I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. So, it's like, I don't know, I've, I, I, I'd kind of lean in towards the middle, like kind of like a hybrid mm -hmm. type of thing because... At least he ain't leading you to idolatry. You see what I'm saying? Like, and that's like the judge. That's what the judges was into. Like, most of the time. Like, I ain't gonna say Samson did that or whatever. But mm -hmm. during the time of, I don't know. I don't know, bro. Because like when we think of Jephthah, 
Jephthah ain't really leading him to idolatry. Jephthah do what he's supposed to do, but his own morals, he just, you know, he, he didn't see a problem with child sacrifice. And as a matter of fact, he thought that would flatter God. And I guess I see what you're saying because Saul um, actually going out his way to do oaths unto God. And, you know, it would require killing people for no reason. You know what I mean? Exactly. But the judges overall, but when I think of the judges, I just don't, I just don't, like the latter half of the judges, I just don't consider these to be people who really was trying to consult God for real, for real. You see what I'm saying? Like, we can see uh, Saul, you know, tries to talk to God, even though he does it the wrong way, the way that God, the way that God says not to communicate with him, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way he tried to do, you know, but... I don't see I see I see Saul just as being just like a, a narcissist, you know what I mean, power hungry type of dude, but not so much leading the Israelites to idolatry, basically. That's my point. I can buy that. Because we don't yeah, we don't really have them leading the Israelites astray from a top down level. We just see him like you say, just more power hungry, more controlling, more I want the glory, not giving it to God. So I, I buy that. So I guess, long story short, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And so just starting off, we'll say 1 Samuel 15 verse 1. Samuel said to Saul. So now we see Samuel is back in the picture because last chapter we had a completely different priest. We had one of the descendants of Eli's children. And so now we see that we have, like we have one son of Ichabod. Now, 1 Samuel 15, verse 1, Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came from, (laughs) from Egypt. That waylaid. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put death to put put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, mm. camels and donkeys. It seems like God was pretty adamant on destroying everything Ex- in, in the Amalekite camp, right? Exactly. Exactly. So now just for the backstory, we go back to Exodus 17, verse 8. We see the Amalekites, read, read, I'm reading it now. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites in Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of a hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And, and Moses, Aaron, and, and Hur went on the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took the stone and put it under him, and he sat. Aaron and Hur held his hands up on one side and on the other so that the hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with his sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua has it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek under heaven. And then there was also a next way... Okay, because so, like somebody says do it one of me too, right? But right. I'm just, I'm just I, finish I, this I, I, while, 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 while you're pulling that up. Yeah, I got it, but go on. All right. So, and then Moses built an altar and they call the, call, and they call it the Lord's my band. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Malachites from generation to generation. 
All right. So, so that's the story. That's a famous story that we know about when they were at war, Moses' hands were up. We know yeah. that story, right? Now, when we go to Deuteronomy, Moses is about to die. So he's writing mm-hmm. this his memoir, his, his notes or whatever. And he's recalling the story. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, for um, this is Deuteronomy 25 or 17. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies around you in the land he is giving you to possess as an inheritance, you shall blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Do not forget. And so like, what's important now, so now we see in, in the first instance was in Exodus, Exodus 17. But we see God telling Moses, you'll write this down and make sure Joshua hear it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek under the heaven. Now we've seen in Deuteronomy, which is Moses' final speech, he's making sure, he wrote it down, yep. and he's reiterating it to Joshua, a little bit more context here, but guess what, because now we see then, what, what, what the Amalekites really did while they had to go to war was because they was attacking the rares. Hmm. And so God's saying, guess what, now as a, I'm coming back, Joshua, you're hearing this, we need to deal with Amalekic when we get into the land of Canaan. And so let me tell you what's so was I, I went for when we read this in the pod, I don't know if I said it on the pod or if I just thought of it, but I could not wait until to see how this ends. You understand what <laughs> I'm saying? Because they wanted this resolved. <laughs> I, yeah, because I'm like, I don't hear God talk like this often. Mm-hmm. Where he's saying, yo, remember this. Because truthfully, they could have dealt with that right then and there. Exactly. You know what I mean? We've seen God deal with people right there. <laughs> right and there. then and there, complete. See, because God, when he come, when he uh, and uh, when uh, when he instructed Joshua and the people who entered the promised land, he's like, "Yo, completely blot out the name of all of these people." Mm-hmm. But this right here, this was personal, not really, but this was serious, mainly because consider this: God was unknown to a lot of people during the land when the the Israelites were living in Egypt for four hundred years, right? So they are unknown because people just don't know about God until they know about him or until they come in contact with the Israelites. But the Israelites themselves were worshiping idols in Egypt. And this is proof. I, I used to say this in our assumption, but I, I read in the book of Ezekiel where they were talking about it. So this is this is true. They were worshiping idols while in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And and obviously it makes sense because when they left Egypt, they were still worshiping idols and they the first chance they get, Moses go away for 39 days, they worshiping, they worshiping idols. All right. So God, considering that a lot of people just didn't know God and they didn't fear God, God made a grand entrance in Egypt, 10 plagues. And he really put Pharaoh to the test. Pharaoh keeps saying, who is God? No, I won't let my y'all people go to worship. And God was like, all right, I can show you who I am, bro. The very things that y'all worship, the Nile River, that's a deity, I can turn it to blood. You understand what I'm saying? And we understand, we know the 10 plagues. So these are things that no one has ever seen before. And these were miraculous things. These were things that the people of the city of Jericho remembered 40 plus years later. They trembled and fell. But in real time, as the, those plagues had just finished, Israel was leaving, bro. The Red Sea had just been parted. You understand? They were leaving Egypt. They were in the wilderness on their voyage. The Amalekites, who have nothing to do with the Egyptians, they was upset because um, the Israelites just beat the Egyptians so badly. And it wasn't even the Israelites because it wasn't war. It was just completely God. Mm -hmm. They were upset about that. So they chose to sneak 
the Israelites. Sneak attack. Sneak attack. They don't even they ain't even try to fight them like men or like adults or like honorable people. <laughs> they chose to sneak the Israelites. And so that was very distasteful. I was obviously not reverent because you know it's God who lead these people. It wasn't like this just a random um, army that poses a threat to you, although they probably would have posed a threat to you. But y'all sneak people, women and children. You understand? Y'all wasn't fighting soldiers. And God was like, you know what? We will remember that. We will remember how disrespectful y'all were to the Israelites and to the Most High God. And guess what? We just said God could have Destroyed them right then and there. Mm-hmm. But he chose not to. He chose not to in the same way God prophesied to Moses that his descendants would go to a land where they would be enslaved for some time and then they would come back and destroy the Hittites, the Amor, the, the, all of the ites. The Jebusites. The Jebusites. Yeah. He, he could have set up Abraham to destroy them right then and there. God could have just destroyed them without a war. But God say. My time, my anger has not has not been fulfilled or complete yet. So the point I'm making is if God destroys the evildoers as soon as right as they done evil, God will be seen as a merciless God because he gave them no chance to change. God was telling Abraham, bro, y'all gonna have to go to war with the Hittites, the Amorites, all of these people. But it's 400 years before it even happened. Mm-hmm. Why God wait 400 years plus another probably 40, 80, however much years until they make it to the promised land for them to actually go to war and destroy these people? You know? And what and what God mentioned in Deuteronomy, we kind of on a tangent. What God mentioned in Deuteronomy was that when you go into these into this land, don't think that you're all destroying them because y'all righteousness. No, you destroying them because of their wickedness. Very wickedness, <laughs> and we see that we see that continue to happen throughout mm-hmm. the Bible. Someone gets destroyed or someone gets conquered. It's not because that the people conquering are righteous. It's because the people who are being conquered are wicked. And so God is saying now, when um, when y'all was pil- when, and this was before this was the book of Numbers. No, this was Exodus. This before Judges. This before Ruby and Samuel. Now, right, uh, uh, hundreds of years have, have went past. <laughs> A and, lot of years. And man. God was saying, all right, the Amalekites. Don't think I forget. They had ample time to um they had, and it's so interesting to me. They had ample time to straighten up and fly, right? But they were still enemies of God hundreds of years later, you know? And so this is even proof of God's grace and mercy because the people who who did this, they dead and gone. But if their seed and the and the seed after that, if they continue to grow and grow in sin, God has to like in 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 grace and mercy to the people of, of God who, who do right, mm-hmm. it is merciful for God to purge the city of the evil that threatens them, you know? And we can see this a generation a generation of, of people just at war with Israel. And so now, this is all context for us to understand how serious this battle was between the Israelites and the Amalekites. And the last thing I want to point out is that Saul is a person who had already been promised that his kingdom would be taken away. However, God didn't trust Samuel when Samuel was a judge with this. God didn't trust Samson, Joshua, none of these people with this. He trusts Samuel with this. And so I want to make another case for God's mercy towards Samuel. God asked Samuel, well, I'm not Samuel, Saul, for God's mercy towards Saul. I'm talking, I'm not Samuel, I'm sorry, Saul. Um, Samuel asked Saul, to wait seven days at Gilgal before he do the sacrifice. Saul failed that test. It resulted in his um, 
his throne being promised to be taken away. However, God gives Saul an even bigger task. You understand what I'm saying? Like to me, that's mercy. Because despite the fact that despite the judgment that you that you about to face, I given you another opportunity to be to be loyal, to be obedient, you know? But in the first text, I was I was taking Saul's side because I like, man, the man make an honest mistake. He chose to <laughs> worship God in a way that seemed right to him, you know. But in this chapter, we get to see Saul in, in with another test. We get to see how he handles another test from, from God. One that if you read it up on your Jewish history, literature, read whatever, like the, the Torah, the, well, judges and all these other scrolls that you guys had, had at that time, you would know how important this task really is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you should know the story of how, Amalek, how Amalek and the, and the Amalekites came back and attacked you guys and God said to completely blot them out from, 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 from the land. And even if you didn't, God is giving me specific instructions right now. Do not spare anyone. Put death to men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. That means get that's that's like what Simeon and Levi did to that town. (laughs) Yeah, it's what God telling him to do. Yeah, basically do that. Kill everybody and everything, (laughs) anything that is living in that town. I guess except probably the grass. Mm -hmm. Kill it. Everything that has breath. You have. <laughs> well, that's not a breath of fresh air. <laughs> anyway, so in verse four, Saul summoned the men and mustered to them, mustered them at Tel Aim, two hundred thousand foot soldiers and ten thousand from Judah. That's a lot of people. Saul went to the city of, of, of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites. Go away, leave the Amalekites, so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. So the Canaanites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites. So it's going so good. Saul attacked attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border in Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. Hold on now. He's supposed to be dead. And all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle and fat calves and lambs. Everything was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely. Mm. But everything that was despised and weak was totally destroyed. Mm. So firstly... I I, let you take this one. No, but I think it's pretty noble that he's telling the Kenites, hey... This ain't our beef, bro. If you want to survive, get out of here, right? All right, cool. The Kenites, the Kenites, they get a bly, as we say. And now, we we made, we we um we actually made a point to kind of emphasize how important this battle is. Mm-hmm. Right? We give you the backstory, the history. And it's a consistent theme. In Exodus, it's a completely blot out the mm-hmm. name Amalek. In Deuteronomy, you know, we blot out the name mm-hmm. Amalek, you know. In Samuel, <laughs> completely destroy Completely everything. destroy. And so, like, with Saul, like, let's say in the event that Saul wasn't aware, although um, in Deuteronomy it does say you're supposed to read out 
all of the Torah to the king so that they understand, you know what I'm saying? And let's say in the off chance that he did not know, and that's me giving him the benefit of the doubt. Samuel was very distinct in what he was saying. He was saying, hey, kill all of the people, kill all the women, the children, you know, the donkeys. Like, spelling it out for Saul so that it's so that you can eliminate human error. I told you, bro, like, if you just take everything for face value, hey, kill that. If you see a human, kill it. You understand? Exactly. See a donkey, kill it. You kill all of these things. However, like a Khan, we get into the, to the, to the town where we where we was um, supposed to be fighting these people and you all want to go shopping. Surely I can't kill this cow, man. <laughs> no, this is a good cow. It's a good piece of ribeye. This is a good, this is a good, this is a good piece of ribeye. <laughs> but then consider this though, right? Bro, every time you have to atone for your sins... That's a cow gone. Mm-hmm. That's like that's one last cow you have, bro. Yeah, but this is a sinful cow now. Because because my thing, okay, I get it, right? Yeah. Is I know I know we getting this, we kind of stealing from the thunder thunder of it, right? But it's like remember when we had a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And this is when we were doing our Bible study days, right? And we was going through the whole when God say, "Man, even if it's your family member, you gotta die if you win for me." Mm-hmm. Right? And I didn't make the list for her. Right. She's, She's like, bro, you would have to go. <laughs> I had to get killed one shot. There was no hesitation there. Right. But God specifically said, kill everything. Because think about it now. I get the cow situation, right? But now y'all have no problem killing the babies. I guess y'all say y'all ain't <laughs> sacrificing them. But yeah. y'all say, but this this nice cow See, I going to keep. And the king? Even to me, the king, that should... That's should, supposed to be the main person who go, bro. Like In any war movie... <laughs> Just tactical, you you take out the king. But when does that happen? Like when do they spare the? I mean, we we do know that happens because they want to be a trophy. And, yeah, and like up like next time and stuff. But like that's the main objective. But I mean, you, you capture the king, but God say kill, like God say kill everyone. Obviously, God didn't say spare the king. Right. Like what y'all doing? But 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 like you make up a good, you bring up a good point. Like y'all killing babies and women. Like we ain't had them say oh we take this woman as their wife. I sure they had at least one pretty pretty lady that was in Amalek the town or whatever. But it's like. Y'all, y'all, y'all sparing the things that serve you. Right? Exactly. So the cow, uh, I, I equate cow to like maybe having a car or like just some land or, or some money to today's, to, to like it's an asset. Only the fat cows. You know, let's just give them a little bit. So they, they only keep the best of the, the best cows. The best of the best. So, so you see a nice cow that's worth some money. You understand what I'm saying? And then that's my thing, bro. Like whatever you using, your cows, like, because like you accumulate cows, bro, like Obviously, you sacrifice some, but you eat cows as well, right, bro? I don't have to kill my cow if I if I just get a bunch of free cows from another land, bro. So you can see how it's in their personal selfish ambition and their what they would pursue uh, assume to be their best interest to say to get this cow, bro. This this plunder, bro. This spoils of war right now, like you know. It is spoils of war. Completely disregarding that fact that God say. Hey, exactly. We ain't spoiling nothing, but we're killing. Because, and one thing that's interesting here, right? Speaking of spoils of war, and granted, I don't have like the context for this right now, so might recant this. But God, he never said God, he hold back the silver and gold from them. Mm. That's true. Because usually, you'd like, because he specifically say, "Don't take no silver and gold in the case with a con." Yeah, don't take nothing. He said, y'all could kill everything. He ain't hold back the actual monetary valuables that they could have, like, they still could have get. He was like, the people who are living, they are evil, lay waste to them. They mm. need to be blotted from the earth. Mm. Anything that was left, 
y'all still was gonna have their land. <laughs> like, bro, so, bro, it's bro, it's like, dog, we have read <laughs> the Torah, right? And not even Torah, the book of Joshua, right? Mm. So you know what happened with Akan. You see how that ended when God literally say this thing, bro, mm-hmm. and somebody disobeyed. But I just like, bro, how do y'all not understand the severity of this task? This particular task, bro, like with a con, like that was a severe task too. But bro, this was, bro, this was, a, a, we was waiting for this rematch. You understand exactly. what I'm saying? God make it a point to say, bro, this will happen, bro. And he trusts you with. But I'm just like, bro, why he ain't trust this quote unquote king was supposed to be coming who after his own heart, but on the way. You know how much kings it is in the Old Testament, bro? It could have been any one of them, bro. And that's the next thing too, is I'm like, he could just like tell Joshua, Joshua, when you go back and be reading this to you, go deal with go deal with Emila. Real talk. Because Joshua don't handle that one shot. Real talk. Joshua was doing Joshua was doing that. Right? Hands down, no questions he asked. Tell, he could he probably couldn't have told Thompson. <laughs> If ain't no pretty gods over there, bro, he ain't even good over there. Something with a spare then. For sure. For sure. Unless they, unless they screw him over in some type of way, then then they got to feel his wrath, bro, for sure, you know? But my thing is, bro, it's, it's so many other people that could have had this task, you know? And it's just me reading without context because I don't know what um, the Amalekites was like during those times, you feel me? But I'm just saying, there's so much time passed. If you just wanted them completely gone, you could have do that at any era. It don't matter what they was really like, right? And like in terms of like population is what I talk about. But um, he chose to give this a sword, and I see this as being merciful because yes, how, but they already say how how long Saul ran in like two chapters, mm-hmm. two chapters ago. They say how long his reign was. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Um, I think his reign was like forty seven years or something like that, right? More than thirty years, I'd say. But we see Saul every, every from chapter to chapter. There's a new story with Saul. Mm-hmm. And like, bro, if early on in your in your um, if early on in your king in your reign, you are promised that you ain't gonna have no descendants on this chair. Another king gonna upstage you, right? Why this taking so long? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so the point I'm trying to make is, when God telling you your punishment, that ain't just to inform you of your fate, you know, bro. This giving you a chance to correct it. To give this giving you a chance to right your wrongs or to atone for your sins, bro. You understand what I saying? Like at least in your heart. In in your heart, bro. Like this is this a chance to correct your heart. You know? Because like even to your point, when you're met with some type of punishment, you do have two you have two choices. You could double down your actions or you could be sorrowful and repent for your like repent for your actions. Like you wrong someone, they you had they had to know. You're getting sentenced to jail for something you do. You could double down and be like, bro, I ain't even sorry for this no more. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, you know what? I might still go to jail, but I'm actually genuinely sorry. Can you guys forgive me for whatever I did? Yada, yada, yada. Like, whatever the circumstance might be. Because the reason why I say that, because the sentence still, the sentencing is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. In most cases, God sometimes gives, lets people off the punishment. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, the sentence is still going to happen. Because we Moses. Yeah, Moses was still sorrowful, but guess what? Yeah, you still ain't entering the pro- you still ain't entering the promised land. Sorry, bud, it's not happening. But now watch this, right? So that's one, right? And and Moses is a prime example because he was a leader and he was repentant. You mm-hmm. understand? And I truly believe Moses made a mistake. You understand? Like he's been through even, a lot too for that. Yeah, and he's been through a lot. Like I don't even really think that was too much of a hard issue, and it, and it could have been. It could have been pride that he was dealing with. 
being the leader, you know. But at the same time, the mom was obviously sorry, you know. And then through his con- contrition of heart, we could see where he got an even better reward than the exactly. promise. Because, bro, I'm, I mean, if he'd gone to the promise line, I would have just even been even more stressed. He would have been going <laughs> through with them. You know what I mean? But then consider this. Um, in the book of Judges, the Israelites, they would disobey God. God mm-hmm. would give them over to the, to the people who they trying to be like, right? Then they would cry unto God. And what God would do? Reverse it. He would mm-hmm. rise up a judge. Mm-hmm. You see their sins and free them from their bondage. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we see where people do the wrong thing. You know, God punish them. They do the right thing. And now, you know, they, they the, the punishment is reversed. You understand? And so Saul has missed that, that kind of theme or that kind of idea. You know what I mean? Because Saul, he give, he, God blessing him with other opportunities to mm-hmm. prove himself other tests but wait God keep blessing God keep giving him other opportunities to, to obey right but at the same time if you disobeying this this you building a case against yourself right so watch this now now this is the funny thing from that first story if God to just take away his kingdom and kill Saul or just take away his kingdom people like Nikas, people like Nikas would have been like but I ain't fair bro this is a simple mistake right but then we see in part two when Jonathan answered a call or the inspiration that God might have put on his heart, when Jonathan was being um, zealous zealous for God, Saul make it about him. Oh no, y'all, but y'all gotta, until my enemies or, you know, ain't nobody eating until I, you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 that's how Saul, that's how Saul looking, right? Now this last time, there's another chance God given Saul, right? And we see where Saul just completely not obeying and, it all boiled down to what Saul prioritizes as to be the, the more important thing. So if Saul's seeing um, the king or these good cattle, he allowing it because like to Saul, shoot, this is some good cattle. You know what I mean? Like this is some pretty good cattle. He ain't just let that go to waste. Exactly. You know? Surely the Lord didn't want me to kill this cattle. No, and that's God's creation too. <laughs> Mercy. So now in verse 10. We see the law, the, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. The word of the Lord came to Samuel. Interesting choice of words, and I love it, but in that's the time we'll keep going. I have, I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul had gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor mm. and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. Wow. So you're really seeing things what Saul has been doing. One of, he not only spared the king and took some of the choice animals, he already made a monument in his own honor to... <laughs> Congratulate himself. Exactly. Yeah. Memorialize this for everyone. Yes, Saul defeated the, Amalek, the, the Amalekites. Mm. That's crazy. And then so when Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. Mm, so happy. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. I can imagine him. So full of himself. Mm-hmm. I really do this. Yeah. yeah. And he get ahead of it too because he ain't allow Samuel to like start the conversation. No. Like the Lord bless you. You bless. Yeah. You in my presence. You bless. And I telling you ahead of time, I do everything you say. Exactly. So you're yeah. trying to get it like, yeah, like, yeah, like Amalekite, they, I, I already deal with it. Done. So you ain't even too much to talk about right now, bro. Just know I, I did it. 
You see what I said? Then Samuel said, What is that bleating of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of the cattle that I hear? Mm. You see Samuel sharp, and then at the same time, Samuel already informed. I already know these things. Yeah, bro. Like, I already know these things. What you can do? You can lie to me too? Do we keep it out of these to your charge? What you can do? Right. <laughs> like, I like Samuel, like, all right, you do everything? What this is I hear? What this is? I hear a little bah. Like, what's, what's going on? Like, where they come from? Did y'all bring them to war with you? Hmm. Like, what's going on? Yeah, you can't even lie, bro. <laughs> you can't even lie, dog. But, but he was, but, but that's the thing, right? So, my thing is, um, he was already celebrating, bro. Like he was already celebrating himself. Exactly. So it was really about Saul. Like this mm-hmm. ain't have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with God promises, none of that, bro. I do this. Exactly. And that's and, how Saul was giving it up. And think about it too, going back to our earlier points. This is something that God promised would happen. Hmm. And now you in your pride, your self-exaltation take the glory away from God and you're so full of yourself you can't even see that mm. and that's crazy because he clearly thinks he's doing something great and we, I mean, we the most important line coming but you can see like in this part right here he clearly thinks he's doing something great yeah, like yeah God told me to kill um, uh, the, the Amalekites and I destroyed 99% of them mm. but God didn't ask you for 99% and that's what a lot of people get wrong too. And sometimes, I, I, this is me talking to myself. Like God asks you for 100%. Mm. He ain't asking for 99%, 99.9%. He asks you for 100%. And we feel a lot of times that our 99.9% is good enough for God. And it ain't. Because mm. God, God called me to say, destroy everyone. I don't care. Like, I don't care if this, I don't care about your sheep, bro. Destroy them. I don't care about the king. Kill him. Mm. This ain't about you. This is about me. And a lot of times we make it about ourselves. Like, oh yeah, God, I did good enough. God didn't say, I don't want no good enough in this certain instance. I ask, I, I ask you what I ask you for. And then we rationalize what is the appropriate way to, to shortchange God. Mercy. You see what they're saying? And it's based on our, our priorities. You know what I mean? Like God, ain't, But you know how much times in a week I say... God ain't watching that. Or God, or God ain't really care about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it might be something, a sin that I do that's small in my eyes. You exactly. Know? And I like, like, God don't really care about that. You know? But that's the problem. I can't speak on behalf of God, bro. You see what I said? I can't determine what ways I could disobey God. You hear that sound? Like, I can't, but like, I'm not the best judge of saying, all right, this way, I, this a loophole. God ain't really gonna care. When I do this, even though we say don't do it. So it's like the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not bear false witness. Bro, I was going to get that to, I was going to say that just now, but that's right. <laughs> that, that's be the one that's whooped me, bro. Because even the small white lies, Boy. that's so innocent. And like, really and truly, it ain't affecting you or me. Right. That's be the ones that get me. <laughs> like, I just tell them just to get off my box. That's what I said. Somebody asked me, somebody tried to book me for a show. And I really just did not want to do it. I really, like, to me, I... I wish I could tell him, bro, dog, this, this, you be doing, we could do too much just to even get this to happen. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I tell him, I tell him I'm not available. You see what I'm saying? Now I give them the impression that I'm booked. You see what I'm saying? Well, I'm very available. You see what I'm saying? But I'm not available to do that. You to see do what I you say? want me to do. Bro, it's, you know how much times that situation happened to me and I just wanted to be like, yeah, I busy that day or 
I book out that day or mm-hmm. I book out that week. Bro, when people asking me to perform on the Sabbath or to do anything on the Sabbath, I just want to be like, bro, I have X, Y, Z to do on this day opposed to saying, I observe the Sabbath, I keep the Sabbath holy. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And you see the problem, bro? Mm-hmm. I just want to pacify the situation. You know what I mean? I want to nip it in the butt. And that's a privilege that honesty gives us. You see what I'm saying? Like with the little, bro, like truthfully, if... Every time you ask me, hey, go for a run with me, I got an excuse. I got to keep I got to keep lying and keep lying. But if I tell you, bro, no, bro. You see what I say? I do not like that. I don't know. So I'm never gonna do that, bro. Listen in first John or John says the truth will set you free. And it's yeah. so it's so true. Like <laughs> it's, true, it's literally liberating. <laughs> bro. But it's like people just rather say what they think the right answer would be to pacify the situation. That's all it is. But now to get to it. Saul on so to answer to answer Samuel, Saul said, the soldiers, now he ain't even including himself in this, the soldiers brought them mm. from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice the larger God, but we totally destroyed the rest. Mm. So now, this is something I got just like just picking apart here. Think about it now. So now the bad parts with Saul know his body trying to distance himself away from them. Yep. They Yep. They, but the good part, we I, totally destroyed the oh, rest. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you include yourself with the party, you know, we're supposed to be right. But, but but you know the funny thing about it? When you read up, it was specifically saying, Saul and the army spared a guy, and they took the best of the sheep. Yeah. So because see, Saul was a part of this, and guess what? Again, might be might be me going to Adam Saul, mm. but you are the king. Mm-hmm. You are the commander yep. of the army. If your men are going contrary to the orders given, it is up to you to step in. So even if, even if, giving him the benefit of the doubt, his man really did say, let's bear these sheep and these cattle and these camels and these goats and whatever. It's up to you to say, no, that ain't what God say. That ain't our orders right now. Your orders is to kill them. And it ain't up to you to determine what you will be sparing and what we not sparing. Yeah, and, and so with a con, right? A con stealing, nobody knew. Like, mm. Nobody knew. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you can't hide sheep and cattle and all of these things. You see what I'm saying? So Saul, the fact that he knew, he can't say, my soldiers, right? That's number one. But then number two, when he met Samuel, he said, I did everything. Exactly. Right? So you can't turn around and say, um, the soldiers spared this and that in the third because when you got the command to destroy everything obviously you wasn't gonna be the one to kill every single thing mm-hmm. the soldiers you along with the soldiers were supposed to kill everything so if the soldiers didn't do that then you didn't, didn't do it didn't do it you see what i'm saying so you can't even say the soldiers because when i read this i don't even like bro i might just have a soft spot for, for soul bro i don't like because i was just like man the soldiers do it he just wasn't mad enough you fall for that? But I fell for it. You I fall fell, for that? I fell for it, bro. But I understand that the chain of command, like, I understand that you is the leader, bro. You see exactly. what I'm saying? So, like, ain't no excuse. But I thought he just was, like, um, peer pressure. Like, man, I, I want to seem cool in front of them X, Y, Z. You know? But at the end of the day, bro, who you rather seem cool in front of them or God, bro? It's just a sheep, bro. Bro, when I was a dean of Walla Walla, right? It's crazy. I've like, cause like when you're dean, you're a student, but you still got like the authority of the dorms, right? People respect you more when you actually follow the rules and mm. you're still cool with it. Like I used to have, I wouldn't say friends, but associates come, like let's just say they violate like curfew or something. They come to me. They know I ain't going to excuse it. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be like, Earl, I'm like, yeah, bro, you know, you messed up, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right then. 
But like, but if you was a pushover, they come into your ear every time. Like, mm. yo, bro, like do this. Like, you know, excuse that. But like, I, mean, I say it's all to say, bro, if you in charge and you actually respect, like do your command, like, like wield your authority with honor, but you still wield your authority and people like respect you, they actually have more respect for you when you actually do. Because now they see you disrespecting this the word of God and you already did it before and now you're doing it again. So now even if, even if to your point, they did do it, you know what I mean? You already put yourself in this predicament to be someone who compromised and now wasn't standing up for God's word. Yep. And so they had the, they had the confidence to disobey God's word because you don't <laughs> obey God's word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you know some, like you know which, no, I ain't even gonna get sticky like that. I was gonna say, you know which parent allowed this or that. Oh, you know boy. What I mean? but, but you know certain things you could get away with or certain things people are more lenient with. But you know, like like teachers, right? You know some teachers, bro, ain't no talking in their class, bro. You understand? There ain't no laughing in their class. Like You know which which teachers mm-hmm. allow what. Mm-hmm. And these people's confident enough to say, well, I taking this, I taking that. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So, so yeah, bro, it ain't, it ain't they. It's, it's you solid. It have to be you. Exactly. And we see Solomon was like, enough, enough of this. Let me tell you what the word, like, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Saul said, tell me. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did not become the head, did you not not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? Mm. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me, and I completely destroyed the Amalekites, and I brought back their and I brought back our guy, their king. Snitching on himself, bro. <laughs> he didn't even understand what he's doing, bro. <laughs> I'd be like, how hey, you completely destroy them, but you spare the king? It just don't make sense, it don't bro. don't make sense. What you mean completely destroy? What does that mean to you? That's back to 99%, bro. Like, Real he, he said, do enough one person? <laughs> Surely the Lord don't mind if I spare this one person. He could be all right with one person, man. The soldiers took the sheep and the cattle from the plunder. The best of it was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God, and Gilgal. And just going back to the try to justify it. Mm. Let me tell you what I think would pacify the situation. Mm. Because surely if I tell you this, this would be good enough for you to leave me alone mm. and be like, all right, cool. He is validated in what he did. But the difference here is, guess what? You ain't doing this for Samuel, you know. Mm. You ain't doing this for Samuel, bro. No. You're doing this for God. And that's the difference. God tell you what to do. Anyway, no, you see, it's like it's so weird because I know we're coming in the mm-hmm. chapters. Yeah. Like, I'm like, steal that thunder before yeah. time. <laughs> I was trying my best not to do that this time. I know I do it all the time, but at the end of the day, right? Let's say they was sacrificing it unto God, right? You know, that's a slap in the face, bro. If God said, but don't do that. Like, remember, remember I, I can't remember if this was on the port or not, right? But if someone said, bro, hold my money. If I, if I, if I say, bro, this my life savings, bro. Hold mm-hmm. it for me, dog. I don't want to spend it. And you don't spend on nothing, right? And you go and buy me a house with that, right? <laughs> you nigga, I'd be mad, bro. But you buy the house for me, you know? Exactly. This is a house for me, bro. No, not even an asset, bro. You buy me like, like a ticket to go see my favorite artist or something like that. You see what I said? I would be so mad at you because I'm like, bro, I literally told you not to spend the money. I don't care if you spend it on me. I told you not, not to, to spend, spend the money, bro. Exactly. And so that's the scenario that they in. Nah. Let's say, mm-hmm. let's say even if they did say, hey, we go offer these cattle, this free cattle to offer unto God. 
When I do my offering, I don't have to waste my cattle. You say, so it's still greed at the end of the day. You know what I mean? If they was doing that, but that's still a slap in the face to God because God tell you, do not do that. God say, kill all of these all of these things. And then to the point too, is like, you guys are making God look bad. <laughs> like, And to me, like, that's the point he's missing. Like you making God look bad. God said something would happen and he's using you as a vessel for it to happen. Mm. He's using you as a vessel for this to happen. But now... You making me look like I don't keep my promises. That's a fact. And I think like that's the part with like aggravating God so much. Like, to your point, I gave you this blessing. But this was a very important blessing. This is for my glory to be shown. Yep. And this is why the, because again, this is why the Israelites had it so bad when they was well had to spend that extra time in the in the in the desert because y'all are not fake. Mm-hmm. Now y'all making God look bad. And God said, All right, cool. Like, y'all ain't gotta be the ones to enter. I'll let y'all children enter. Mm-hmm. But now, Saul, you you was the one saying, guess what? What God saying important. And I taking the glory. So we know who, who, who we know the hierarchy of Saul, bro. Like. That's the next thing, too. It's like, think of what God said, I will wipe them out. Yeah. This might make a monument. Saul yeah, <laughs> defeated Amalek on such and such a day, yada, yada. But however, they was calling years back then. That's a, that's a debate for another day. Yeah. But. So think about that. So now, till the, till the line was building up for, but Samuel said, but does the Lord delight in burnt sacrifice, in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is mm. better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Mm. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry being, and thus Anyway, because I know you say something, I come back to that. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Because the reason why I like that line so much, arrogance, almost like idolatry, because remember you were saying like, Saul wasn't really leading them to idolatry. Mm. But in your arrogance, you almost do, essentially doing the same thing. Man, he was. Exactly. He so, was. <laughs> so like, because like we see like, yeah, you wasn't, you might not have been like the, you might have been saying, yeah, I, I different than them. Like I ain't. I ain't like the judges that y'all have before because y'all ain't worshiping idols, mm. but y'all worshiping yourself in pride and arrogance. Mm. So, that, so y'all take y'all take away the statues, but y'all replace y'all self as a statue. Now y'all worshiping yourselves over me because now you saying my word is better than God's word. Mm. That's that's powerful, bro. And I I like how that come full circle, bro. You see what I'm saying? Because you can't pick and choose, bro. You can't say, oh, this person is sin better than this one, so so this a better off. No, bro. At the end of the day, because it's a hard issue, mm-hmm. and I and and. Uh, no pun intended, but at the heart of this issue, bro, is idolatry. So whether you're saying they're erecting statues and worshiping or whether they're being arrogant, it's still idolatry. Mm-hmm. It's still an idol, bro. That's crazy. And and and, and in the literal sense, he did erect a monument. A monument quite literally. Quite literally. You <laughs> see, you <laughs> quite literally, bro. Like, <laughs> And again, so now we're seeing, and I know you love this line so much. So he probably turns to you, but again, to is it like is this the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. See, but see, but from the beginning of the Bible, it don't say that, but it say that, bro. When Cain and Abel offered a sacrifice, this led to the first murder. Mm-hmm. Cain offered a sacrifice that God did not want, and 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 God was like, bro, if you do the right thing, bro. You, I will accept your sacrifice, but if not, it's sin not crouching at your door. Mm-hmm. So literally, God was saying, bro, bro, if you obey me and literally sacrif- give me the sacrifice that I asked you for, bro, you would get the blessing that Abel getting, bro. But instead, bro, if you do not obey, sin is crouching at your door. And so from the beginning, bro, 
Obedience is better than sacrifice. This is from Genesis, bro. Like Genesis four or five or something like that, bro. Mm-hmm. My the way my parents and like people used to teach me the story of Cain and Abel was that they say, "Oh, Cain gave the best of the fruits and stuff like that, but God didn't accept it." The Bible don't just come out and say he gave choice fruits or whatever, but they say he gave like plants or, or whatever, right? But they don't say the condition of the plant. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's up for debate. Some people believe that he didn't give the best of the best. That's why God didn't accept it. But at the end of the day, God did not. I believe that it's because he it was not a lamb, and without no shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins, mm-hmm. right? That 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 to me, that theme is consistent in the Bible before and after um, the the Mosaic law. However, the fuck of the matter is the all the um the sacrifice that Cain gave was disobedient to God, and here we see. Thousands of years later, thousands of humans later, a new king, Saul, is still having to learn that the hard way. And bro, this this is so profound to me, bro, because I have spent a lot of time when I knew so little of the Bible trying to talk about the Sabbath day, right? Mm -hmm. And some people who also did not know a lot about the Bible would tell me the seventh day is not the day to keep holy. You have to keep a day holy, right? But my thing is, is that being obedient to the fourth commandment that says the seventh day is the Sabbath, not any day. And so my thing is, I understand in a world where you feel like, bro, you giving God an offering that might take more out of you than keeping the Sabbath. It might be harder for you to keep Sunday than to keep the Sabbath, bro. But at the end of the day, God didn't ask you to keep another day. He asked you to keep the seventh day. Mm-hmm. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You see what I'm saying? It ain't. It ain't a matter of what you feel like is a matter of what God say. Another example, idolatry. Again, right? We have some people in multiple religions, including Christianity, that believe we can erect a statue of what is believed to be Jesus or the mother of Jesus or the brother or the friend or the disciple, right? And y'all kissing this statue, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all bowing down to the statue. Y'all praying to the statue, bro. Quite literally, bro. Y'all praying to these saints, and you're all trying to have a dialogue with the saints, but it's really a monologue. You're all praying to the mother of Jesus, right? Bro, the Bible, bro, the New Testament barely even talk with Mary, bro. She ain't even really no prominent figure in the New Testament, bro. We don't even know where Joseph died, bro. You see what I'm saying? Like, we don't know too much about Mary in our life, bro, to be completely honest, right? But some people use this, this statue, right, to show reverence the same way you would show reverence to an earthly king, and respect and stuff like that. But the Bible says, do not make these images. You see what I'm saying? Bro, if you're praying, if you're praying to a Mary or a St. Peter or whoever, whatever, bro, you can't tell me that in idol worship, bro. That's not idolatry. You literally praying to them. Mm-hmm. Why, bro, the time you take praying to this person, you can be praying to God. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And again, obedience is better than sacrifice. If you feel like you have a connection with the mother of God because this is the mother, bro. This is a, a holy woman, blah, 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 blah. God ain't never say nothing but no mother, bro. As a matter of fact, when Jesus teaches how to pray, he say, our father. You see what I'm saying? He ain't teach us to talk to his cousin or, or Enoch or Moses and all of these people, bro. You know how much time that'll take to talk to every saint or every holy person? You know, we can't be picking and choosing. We, just, we literally got Jesus, who is our intercessor. Obedience is better than sacrifice, bro. Like, this hit me, bro. It hit me hard because I like, bro, I want to rationalize how I worship God. I want to bend the rules and I want to actually change the way I worship or the way I follow God's law 
so that it could be more convenient or comfortable to me. You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that might be at the expense of obedience. God might say, do X, Y, Z. But I say, I really could do X, Y. You know what I mean? But then I might do A and B or A or A, B, C, D instead of just doing Z. Mm-hmm. You say, what God say, I want you to do X, Y, Z, bro. Mm-hmm. Be obedient to that. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we have to trust that God is infinite in this wisdom. Bro. If I can't, the, cars, the cars cannot see the reason why they had to kill even the donkey. And some because donkeys in you don't eat donkeys, bro. Like this is something you can ride. There's transportation. Why do you even have to kill that? But God, in His wisdom, that is far beyond ours or anyone in the Bible's wisdom, saw it uh, saw it being necessary to do that, and so He told them to do that. You see what I'm saying? That's when you gotta trust God. You can't rely on Saul, bro. Saul didn't make a good decision yet, bro. You see what I'm saying? Like from that first war that they gone to with Nahash. Mm-hmm. Saul been a fall off every chapter since then. Exactly. <laughs> so I just don't get it. But I, I, I really loved, I really loved that verse, bro. And I just, found, I just read that, and it really last year, and it really hit me, and it, and it really stuck with me. I remember the first time you like you, you, you came across, and you was like so passionate about it. I was like, yeah, I can't wait till we get to this point in the pod, bro. For, I just feel like I, every, I feel like every Christian should should think about that. Obedience is better than sacrifice mm-hmm. because if you consider that, bro, that would change a lot of ways where we um where we compromise or where we put words in the Bible. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like when the Pharisees were saying, oh, you got to fast an extra day or you got to wash your hands and all of these. But the Bible don't say these things, bro. You see what they saying? I don't care if you fasting six days a week. If the Bible don't say, bro, thou shalt do this or thou shalt not. Bro, obedience is better than sacrifice, bro. Especially when it's a situation where the, the sacrifice which you're doing is in opposition to the command that you need to obey. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's, I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, so I gave into them. So now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me. So I may worship the Lord. But Saul said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. So Samuel turned to leave. Saul caught hold of this hem of this robe and, and it tore. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel. Bro, bro. Why, why Saul saw like a bohemian girl? <laughs> just like you tear that? That's just how your kingdom getting tear from you. <laughs> it's like when them angry people from the island, man. <laughs> the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. Mm. Just rub it in your face. Real. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie does not lie or change his mind for he is not a human being that he should change his mind for God is not a man that he should lie. Mm. I just, I just always love that. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before my elders of my people and before Israel come back with me so that I may worship the Lord, your God. And mm. so she's saying the Lord, your God. Why are you even saying the Lord, our God? Real talk, but, but you got to see what he's saying though. He's saying, bro, come with me because if you don't, that going to look like I don't, you, I, I lose in my honor. I lose in my honor. You see, you see it's still about him. Yeah, but it really, it really it's still is about bro. him at the end of the day. Because he, because at this point, I feel like Saul already said, but I already damned, bro. Like I am already the punishment already set in stone, bro. He ain't nothing I could do. I feel like that's all the mean, and, hmm. and 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 I do think that is true. Like I feel like, bro, he failed, failed test, failed test. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to hell, but I'm saying that his his um his kingdom is gone, one thousand percent. Ain't nothing he could do with that. But he basically saying, bro, Samuel, bro, if you do not come with me right now, 
the it, people are gonna realize <laughs> that I don't have your respect. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? They they not I'm not gonna have their respect either. You know, and and for the sake of Israel, and he's saying all this what I was saying, for the sake of Israel, bro, we need them to at least respect their leader because everyone could be running wild even more than it happened now. The days when Israel had no king. Real dog, we can go back to that. And unless the person who's better than me just come in and swoop in real quick. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring me Agar, king of the Amalekites. Agar came to him came to him in chains, and he thought, Surely the bitterness of death is, is past. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so will the mother so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agar to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Samuel, leave then Samuel, Samuel kill Then Samuel left Ramah. But but Saul went up to his home in Geber of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go and see Saul again. Though Samuel mourned for him, the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. That's sad, bro. That is sad to know that's how the first king. Going and, out. Uh, yeah, he gone out bad, bro. But the King James say that Agog said that out loud, right? Mm. And that make it even more gangster, bro, like. Hey God, come out saying, bro, I know I ain't getting killed no more, bro. Like, I know. See, because think about it, right? They they was in whatever town they fight, right? They go on out to Gilgal, right? Then from there, they go on back somewhere else. I wasn't really paying attention. And so the king was like, but y'all could have killed me long time ago. Long time bro. ago. Long before, time. I, before they even take me captive. Real dog. So I know y'all just really... Playing. Playing. You see what they saying? So he, he come out there bragging. Yeah, he said, but y'all playful, bro. And then this ain't even the king over here, really and truly. Just the, just the priest. Bro, just the prophet. Just the <laughs> priest, right? So watch this, right? So he's saying, bro, y'all is a jokey type of thing, because if this was me, I was killing y'all a long time. You know what I mean? So he rationalized in his head, bro. The time for killing done gone, for real, for real. But Samuel looked like he got a good, but he come back for everything today, bro. Like you see what they say? He said, boy. That's how you put, that's how people cry. That's <laughs> how you... Make women childless. Yeah, like how you make women childless, bro. Y'all want me to be childless, bro. That's a cold line. That's a cold... Boy. That's a cold what? line. That's bro, a what, cold bro? Line. That, boy, that's a line? I was like, bro. See, and that's the thing. He just tells... I tell you, the mom is in his bag, bro. He just tells all, just how you tear my, my garment, bro. This shit could be tear from you, bro. You he was see? mad. He was mad. He was mad. He was mad, bro. He was mad. Like, I can't even lie, bro. But, like, that is funny, bro. Like, that is a funny play on words that, that Samuel was doing. But it's it's something to say, bro. Like, God regret. Making him king. Making him king. And remember, God had regretted creating people. Remember mm. when, when the flood came around. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it's just interesting to me a few times when God actually regret people or regret a specific, a specific person in the Bible, bro. Like, you know, but you know, bad you got to do as a human being, bro, for, <laughs> for God, God to, to regret, bro. Like, like God, like, I, like to me, when someone say regret, that's like saying, I wish I didn't do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And this God in this is infinite wisdom, you know, but at the end of the day, free will. You have free will, man. Cause like, think about it. Like, I like how... Samuel said to Saul too. You remember when you started on Humble You Wish? Remember, we even talk about it. Yeah. We talk about it like, bro, this is the same guy who was hiding from the crowd. Like, he thought he was underqualified. You could see it. Bro. Exactly. Yeah. So now you, who God said, guess what? You could be the king. Going back to the discussion we had before, the power about talents, right? The ability is in you. But now, what you going to do when you get this power? Mm. And it's so interesting to me because like, 
God gives you talents, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, but the talent very well could be a stumbling block to you, bro. Like, mm. you say they saying like, but that's free will. That's mm-hmm. free will. God could say, bro, I ain't giving you this. And and we can see, and we can see both, both sides in the Bible where God denies this thing to people. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's a slippery slope, right? But at the same time, we can see where God give this thing to people considering it's a slippery, slippery slope. Saul was not the only person that failed, the only king that failed at his job in Israel. Spoiler alert. There's going to be other kings that do the same. You know, yep. There's a lot of kings in the Bible, I'll, I'll say. But the thing about it is God could have prevent this. God could have prevent them from having a king. He could have prevent giving it to Saul. But at the end of the day, I can give you free will, but it's like Adam and Eve. God could have taken away the possibility of them sinning. But then you would have no... It's like you would be doing this as a robot. Like you don't have no option but to serve me. God gives Saul an option to be a successful king. You understand? But he chose to be a proud king, really. Yeah. <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's like, let's look about... So, I mean, like, let's even look back at it now. Saul had the option, like you said, he had the free will. And... The line you like the most in all of this, to obey is better than sacrifice. And a couple of things we said before in the podcast, I just asked myself, like, how many times am I giving God not what he wanted? How many times am I rationalizing it for myself? Because the 99.9% feels good and it is very justifiable in our minds. I'm sure we do it all the time. I'm sure we do it all the time. Like, God, I destroyed their city. I killed the men, the women, killed 99% of the, the, um, the, 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 the animals, the, the Malachites. And then I didn't kill their king, but their king still got killed in the end. But God said, guess what? I actually, I actually completely blocked them out. And the funny story is, you read on the Bible, you realize the Malachites weren't completely, completely destroyed until King Hezekiah. So whoever knows what else, what else Saul actually like left behind, because I mean, you see, he, he was lying from the skin of his teeth and he took the pride. And to me, that pride, that pride is the ultimate sin. Because, I mean, people always like joke and say pride was the first sin because it was called Lucifer to fall. But pride is a serious thing. And here we see pride is equated to idolatry because oh. it's the first idol. Because you might be saying, I don't worship no idols before God, but, are you, but I, do you hold yourself? Do you hold yourself over God? And that's a serious thing. Bro, they say rebellion is like divination, bro. Mm. But that's, that, to me, that's crazy, bro. Rebellion is like divination. Arrogance is like idolatry. Idolatry. What? Bro, let me tell you, dog. Like, the more deep you get into this Bible thing, the more you start to sound or feel like the people who you've, you know, like you, you run across people who like heavenly minded and, uh-huh. like, oh, you shouldn't be watching sports and you shouldn't be doing this and that. Bro, you know how arrogant you got to be to be like the best in a sport, bro? Like, bro, you got you to gotta put on a mindset, bro. I going out here and I am going to annihilate all these people. Nobody gonna stop me, bro. I gotta be the best. Like you go on Instagram, you look at you look at certain like cause I my algorithms is crazy, bro. Like they have people working out left, right, and center on my algorithms, bro. But I'd see people who stand in the mirror and they're like, bro, you are the best. You are you are this and that and the third, bro. And so I don't even want to get too deep in this conversation, but just considering the seeds of arrogance that you planted in yourself. And a lot of times you need like a pot on the back because you might self-loathe, you know what I'm saying? You might have 
you might self-deprecate, you know, you might just be insecure about yourself, you understand, which we shouldn't be insecure because at the end of the day, we, we children of God, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We should have, but that should be our um our foundation. That should be our strength. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you should not be insecure because you are a child of God, not because of anything that you are doing, because in the same way Saul was insecure, right? Saul was underqualified. The Lord bless him. You know, they inspire him. He even started prophesying. The Lord gave him all of the tools that he needed to be a successful king. Mm-hmm. And that went to Saul's head because Saul started realizing, bro, I am good at this. I am this. I am not completely ignoring the fact that it's God's grace that he was like this. We were talking about Nebuchadnezzar off mic. But Nebuchadnezzar was able to defeat the Israelites, not because Nebuchadnezzar was was good or this conqueror in the history books they can remember him like that mm-hmm. but the Lord allowed Israel Israel to be given over to him because Israel was unrighteous and then when Nebuchadnezzar realized, when Nebuchadnezzar was at the peak of his arrogance God humbled him mm-hmm. you understand until we realize that um, until we realize that even the success that we have right whether you whether you attribute it to your hands you have to realize God did not stop it from happening you know, it could really be, God could have not give you the success. This could be a stumbling block, a slippery slope that lead to your downfall. God mm-hmm. could have not bring that to you, mm-hmm. right? But you got to accept the fact that God didn't stop it neither. Mm-hmm. You know, so even if you take pride and say, bro, I do this, I build this, I did, bro, you got to consider, bro, God didn't stop it from happening, bro. And until you do that, we allow ourselves to be arrogant and, and to have a higher esteem of ourselves than we actually should have. Bro, ain't nothing, ain't nothing in our life. That we ain't no blessing, no no goodness in our life, bro. That he ain't come. That that God ain't had a part to play in, bro. Everything that we, everything that we that we happy about in our life, bro. God allowed it to happen. It 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 ain't had to be that way. And if you look around in society, it's a lot of people that have less than we have. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? It's a lot of people that are, that have less than we have. So we don't even have the right to be to have a big head or to be arrogant based on our accomplishments, bro. Arrogance is like ideology. It's so crazy because, bro, you could be arrogant for anything, bro. You could be handsome. You could, bro, you could, bro, something that literally is beyond your control, the way you look. You understand what I'm saying? Like, the, your genetics, the, like, you born being beautiful. You could be arrogant and not. But you ain't do that, bro. Mm. You ain't have no choice in that. You understand what I'm saying? Now, granted, some people do cosmetic changes and stuff like that, right? But, bro, the people who, you can be arguing because you can sing good. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because you can, you you born with a gift or a talent. All of these things can, can bring you arrogance, bro. But you want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say something, but I didn't <laughs> want to prolong it longer right, than right. I had to be, right? But it, I read this line a couple of weeks ago and saying that even the talents God blesses us with is a test hmm. to see if it's going to get to our heads or not. Because... It was, it was in relation to David. I know David's so close. That's why I was kind of hesitant about it. But it was like, yo, David used his talents, but he still used them to his downfall when he was trying to go kill such and such a person. We're going to mention a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. It was like, is it like, yo, David, David was a master horseman? Yeah. So he used what he was best at to like try to cover up his sins. Mm-hmm. His talents were end up becoming his downfall at the end of the day, too. And well, other things, too. But still, and even with Saul, his talents, again, became a stumbling block, everything that God blessed him with, because it's the free will and how you appreciate these gifts, how you utilize these gifts. Because you could use, because it's, it's the funny thing, and, 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 it's, and it's why I have such respect and adoration for God sometimes. 
Because you've given me something, but it's still my choice on how I could use it. Because the very gifts you give me, I can use against you. Mm-hmm. And that's something else, man. Like, because mm-hmm. personally, bro, Kazi, why would I give my enemy a gun? Right. <laughs> why? Why? But God's like, guess what? You have the you have the ability to not do this because you have the choice to not do this. But if you do so happen to choose to do this, that's your choice. Mm. And and th- that's insane. Bro, and just go to show, just go to show how, how much God trusts us too. You understand? Because I given you this quote unquote gun. This is the metaphor of whatever gift or talent that can be used to hurt me. Because when we sin, we hurt God. You mm-hmm. understand? And whatever I give you, you could use this to hurt me. But I still giving it to you because I shown you I trust you not to hurt me. Even though you hurt me over and over again, I trust you to do the right thing. You know, and that's also a characteristic of love. Because God loves us. You know, he don't withhold things against us because of what could happen. You understand? He give all of us an option and a choice to do so, right? Sadly, he gave Saul choice after choice after choice or test after test after test. But Saul still chose to be arrogant. And just like the Amalekites, Saul, his kingdom or his time will be taken away, not immediately, but after he proves who he really is. Saul was the most suitable candidate to be Israel's first king. I mean, he had the height, he had the look, and most importantly, he allowed the Holy Spirit to lead him. But somewhere throughout his reign, he lost sight of the source of his prosperity. King Saul had sought to uplift himself, and in doing so, he disobeyed God's commands time and time again. And now, God has already chosen his successor. But we'll talk more about Samuel in his visit to Bethlehem on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your host, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.